Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. And so glad to have our regular listeners always with us to hear from amazing authors, change makers, visionaries, and leaders from around the world share their courageous and most interesting stories of new discoveries about evolving life. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, and I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Greg Hammer, author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals, for we all know you can't do your best unless you are at your best, and achieving that should be the goal for all of us. Hello, Dr. Hammer, and thank you for joining us to discuss ways to look at these challenging times as we uh, hope to find ways to rejuvenate and restore health and help others, ourselves and others, to learn acceptance and surrendering uh, to our challenges so they don't overwhelm us. Great to be with you, Cheryl. Greg. And that's my son's name, by the way. <laughs> as, uh-huh. as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, I am a Reiki master teacher, energy practitioner, medium, long-term hospice volunteer, spending the last 25 years searching for the truth of our human and spiritual connections, or the duality of life, and how we can find ways to enhance all areas of our emotional, physical, and spiritual life to improve health, no matter what challenges we face. It becomes easier to cope when we truly know that life is unlimited in opportunities and our thoughts generate much of what we experience. So in that sense, we can learn to pay attention to what we think, what we do, and improve any circumstance. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Greg Hammer, a pediatrics intensive care physician, anesthesiologist, and professor at Stanford University Medical Center, will share research in developmental pharmacology and immunology, as well as utilizing a non-duality and mindfulness-based approach, including his GAIN method, to improve mindfulness, health, and well-being. Greg, I always love to ask my esteemed guest to think back to their childhood and remember a person, a place, an event that might have signaled to them or others around them the life path and interest they might pursue as an adult for I I sense, I feel that within us is the destiny or path uh, we wish to pursue that encourages personal growth and greater awareness. So think back. Well, as I think back on my childhood, I I, I don't immediately recall a specific individual or event that shaped my life other than, you know, the usual uh, elements of parenting and so on. But uh, when I was a teenager, I, I really began to feel a strong sense of needing to know the truth. Why are we here? Uh, what's this all about? And so I, I recall as a, a middle teenager and certainly toward the end of my teenage years, I, I just, I became a real seeker. Um, 
you know, I encountered uh, some experiences with psychedelics, as a matter of fact, which helped open my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, ever since then, I was uh, I've been a seeker. And I would say about 12 years ago, I started to have an epiphany and realized that there's really nothing for which to look, that actually the truth, the truth of our true nature is within. And instead of looking externally or outwardly, Simply sinking into my heart and yeah. sinking into the truth inside uh, led me to conclude that our true nature is happiness, in fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that started as a teenager. Yeah, you know, I, I had the same <laughs> same reaction. At 17, I saw a play, Man of La Mancha, and the song The Impossible Dream. It just resonated through me, and I've spent my whole life trying to to be the impossible dream and to go further and to know more about who we are, where we come from, what life is all about. And in college, I studied philosophy and education, religion, and I was looking for the same truth you were looking for. Some of us are born that way. Our souls are programmed to find it and ultimately uh, to help others heal uh, through the many traumas of living in a physical world which offers many challenges. So it was nice hearing that you had that experience too and you found the answer. Yes, our divine souls are pure happiness. We are meant to live a life of happiness and positivity. Of course, you can't live like that all the time. There will be challenges and there will be sadness and suffering because that's how we ultimately reach our balance by knowing all ends of the spectrum. So, yeah, that was a wonderful answer. Tell us why you wrote this book and what deeper thoughts and realizations readers of Gain Without Pain will remember. I uh, became acutely aware of the phenomenon of burnout in medicine um, perhaps 10 years ago or so. In 2015, uh, a a group at Stanford convened called the WellMD Committee. I joined that. This was an effort to discover what we might be able to do to approach the problem of burnout, which was reaching epic proportions in medicine, whereby more than half of us had signs of burnout. Uh, so many drivers and costs of burnout became clear. Um, the fact is that a physician commits suicide every day, actually on average more than one a day, so we uh, formed this WellMD committee. Uh, shortly thereafter, I was asked to give a talk on wellness and burnout to a national group of hospital administrators. And after that, I got invited more and more frequently to give such talks. And I'm used to speaking at meetings about my research, about aspects of pediatric intensive care and anesthesiology, but found I really enjoyed speaking about burnout and particularly wellness. So that kind of took a life of its own on. And then I had some sabbatical time, and uh, I didn't really want to go anywhere. I really love my home at Stanford on campus. I have my laboratory to take care of. So I was wondering what I should do during my sabbatical time, and it just occurred to me, why don't I write a book as a way of spreading the message further? And uh, so I made a commitment to that, uh, sat down, and, and things just kind of evolved organically, naturally, and and this acronym GAIN, I've been teaching meditation to my trainees, 
And uh, I found that they don't have much time, so I wanted to find a way of teaching them something they could do in a short period of time. And like many others who are learning meditation, uh, they had a hard time emptying their minds. And so I thought I'll give them an acronym. I'll give them elements for which to contemplate rather than trying to empty their mind of all thoughts. And this acronym GAIN came to mind, and that stands for what I think are the four pillars of presence and happiness, and they are gratitude, acceptance. You talk about that there is pain and suffering in life. It's inevitable, and and that's where acceptance comes in. Uh, We need to discern between what we can change and what we cannot change. I didn't make that up. That's uh, part of the serenity prayer. And things we can't change, we need to accept. So acceptance is key. So gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And uh, I'd be happy to discuss those in more detail with you if you'd like. But that, that's how the GAIN acronym, it just sort of, just sort of fell on my desk, I think. And, uh, and then uh, the book followed, and it's been a very interesting ride since then. To that in a minute. But let's talk about COVID-19 and other stresses and demands that are causing burnout. It's not only in healthcare professionals. It's everywhere. It's everyone. We are dealing with a fast-moving technological society. and, And a lot of the values, such as gratitude for life itself and for health, has been lost or forgotten. And we need to mm-hmm. retrieve it again. So, so uh, you say in a conversation, you say this in the book, I think that most of us feel inadequate in some ways much of the time. We try to make ourselves whole by reaching for a relationship, substances, objects. This never brings more than very temporary relief. So we strive for more. Hence a cycle of needing and acquiring that never fulfills us. Uh, much of this feeling of inadequacy probably stems from our early childhood experiences. This is not to lay the blame on our parents. They had their own sense of longing and inadequacy largely from their parenting. And the cycle goes on and on. But we can stop the cycle. The greatest barrier to happiness is failure to believe that we deserve happiness We do deserve happiness. It is our true nature. Sadly, this has been veiled by experience. The good news is that we can unveil our true nature and be happier if we turn our attention and our intention to doing so. Well, that thought, along with gain, uh, gratitude and attitude and intention and non-judgment are the key to remembering who we are as souls having this this uh, physical life, spirit having this physical life. And that's what we were born, to remember that. And we go through a lot before we can get to that. So I think people who read your book will put those two things together very quickly and understand how to get past all the sadness and suffering going on right now in the world. It is a way for an awakening a big spiritual awakening. Yeah. Yes, well, I think that, first of all, as you suggested uh, a few minutes ago, life is full of pain and suffering as well as joy. And therefore, we have 
stress. And while acute stress may be adaptive, that is, it's surge in adrenaline or epinephrine that we may feel when an acutely stressful incident occurs, that may actually help us mobilize and, and go pull that toddler out of the swimming pool quickly, for example. But mm-hmm. when stress lasts for more than a short period of time, uh, when it lasts for days, weeks, months, it becomes maladaptive. And chronic stress leads to that, that chronic increase in adrenaline and cortisol, causes other hormonal changes, it interferes with our sleep, our immune system, our cardiovascular system. Uh, our diet tends to suffer when we're tired and uh, we fail to exercise regularly. Um, so this is sort of a self-propagating cycle of stress, sleep impairment, not enough exercise, bad nutrition, fatigue, poor sleep, etc. So I think we have to understand that we all are all somewhat chronically stressed by the conditions of our existence on the planet. But certainly COVID has added, uh, has escalated that degree of chronic stress that we feel. And stress really is related to, uh, the chronic sort of stress is, is related to being dragged into the past and the future. When we're truly present, we're happy. I think we can all relate to the happiest times that we've had hiking through the forest and really appreciating the light filtering through the treetops, marveling at the ancient redwoods, or having an intimate time with our partner, uh, getting together with loved ones and, and really getting outside of ourselves. We're not thinking about the future and the past in those moments of happiness. So happiness is present. Unhappiness is generally maladaptive thoughts of the past and the future, and, and that brings stress. And it's so fear. It, it's fear. Thing. Yeah. It's, quite frankly, fear. When we let fear dictate uh, how we move forward in the world to seek well-being and to be happy as we're meant to be, it takes that away from us. So we have to learn how to conquer fear. And the biggest fear most people have is the fear of death. Now, I know you have had um, a very a very horrid experience happen to you and your family. And uh, happiness took a plunge, just like right now with COVID. We've gone uh, from 69%. Uh, happiness was at a higher level. Uh, and now it's 49, it was at 69%, and now it's at 49% post-COVID. So uh, it's taken a big drop, and sometimes a person's life takes a big drop when they deal with a loss or something serious in their life that they weren't prepared for. And um, the best way to get out of that is what you just talked about, all the good things that you do to remember being in the present and finding gratitude for what we do have and not focusing on the loss. We have to feel it. We have to be saddened and suffer, perhaps, but we don't have to stay in that state of energy. And I think you learned that. Uh, you want to tell us what that situation was? Well, I think you're referring to the death of my son at the age of 29 a little over three years ago, and and that certainly reinforces the concept of acceptance. But just going back to what you said about fear, again, in the context of the way we think, we have a negativity bias. 
And we tend to be obsessed with the past and the future, whereas we know that happiness lives in the present. And again, it may be adaptive thinking of the past in terms of learning from our mistakes and savoring our good memories, and adaptive to think about the future in terms of planning and putting bread on the table and planning for wonderful times with our family and others. But beyond that, our thoughts of the past and the future tend to be maladaptive. So in the past, we obsess over things we did and we have regret and remorse and shame. And then, as you suggested, when we focus on the future excessively, the uncertainty, as Yogi Berra would say, the future is hard to predict, the uncertainty associated with the future, especially now, brings fear and anxiety. So, So remorse, embarrassment, shame, fear and anxiety come from obsession and excessive thinking of the past and future. And the good news is the I and gain is intention. We can actually, if we're purposeful, rewire the way we think, away from this negativity bias, more toward the present moment. And that's what feeling and really breathing in the gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment means. And, and, and that's why I think it's an elegantly simple way of reminding ourselves this acronym GAIN. Um, it sounds, Greg, it sounds simple, but to begin to do that every day in your life in cons- and being consistent in doing that is not so simple. So I, I, I want to say to our listeners, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes a desire to improve the quality of your life and those around you to do these things, to have gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. But basically, if we keep thinking of those words and wanting that to be part of our life, it will happen. What we focus our thoughts and attention on come into our being, into our reality. So, so I want to say, I want people out there listening to give this a try, to sit and meditate three minutes a day and just think of right. what you're that's, grateful that's to. That's the reason that I, I stress this three minutes a day. I think we, we all have three minutes a day. Yes. So I, I suggest setting your alarm clock the night before for three minutes earlier than you might have otherwise. So if you were going to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, set your alarm for 6.57. That sets your your intention the night before and then in the morning get up do your morning hygiene or whatever and then just find a comfortable place to sit in a quiet location in your home for three minutes and we start by getting in touch with our breath which is so central to our being and also central to most forms of meditation and breathe in slowly perhaps to a count of four pause to a count of three and then exhale without effort to a count of four Slowing the breath down activates our parasympathetic nervous system. It decreases the amount of adrenaline in our bloodstream, for example, lowers our heart rate and blood pressure. And then we just begin 30 to 45 seconds each of contemplating initially what we're grateful for. And we all have something to be grateful for. Um, You know, I just had surgery on my right shoulder, but the good news is my left shoulder is fine. So I can be grateful for that. (laughs) That's great. We can focus on gratitude for what we have rather than obsessing over what we don't have. And and we all have much for which to be grateful. Then we talked about acceptance. You know, identify something that we cannot change that brings us pain and suffering and 
it as we breathe with our eyes closed and really imagine opening our hearts and letting that pain and suffering in, merging with it, till we can answer the question, can I live with this pain forever, in the affirmative. Yes, we can. And then intention. And the intention starts with setting the alarm three minutes earlier. The intention starts with just sitting for three minutes. And then realizing that we can focus on the positive. You know, there was a wonderful study at Duke University where uh, to join the study, you simply had to commit to thinking of three good things before you went to sleep at night. And what the investigators found in tens of thousands of people is that just thinking of three good things at night improves sleep and makes us happier. And that is a great example of how through purposefulness or intention, we can gradually change the way we think from the negative to the positive. And then non-judgment. You know, we're always making judgments, good or bad. If we just sit and breathe, you know, in the, in the, toward the end of our day in meditation and appreciate the world exactly as it is, let's let go of the adjectives of good and bad. And then we find eventually we can turn inward and see ourselves without judgment. And that may be the hardest thing to do. And then we just return to our breath and slowly open our eyes. So when you say it's not easy to do, no, but if we're purposeful, we can carve out three minutes in the morning. And then what we find out is that we learn in small increments, so baby steps. And if we do this on a daily basis and then try to remember to bring one of these elements into our day, so non-judgment, the first person at whom I'm getting annoyed when I'm driving to work, who maybe changes lanes without using a turn signal, we can catch ourselves and just drop the judgment. This person is a bad driver. And just drop the judgment, and we find that it relaxes us, that we're not caught up in this cycle of, of mind-numbing judgment. Mm-hmm. And gradually, you know, we can look back after three or six months of this daily practice and think, I have come so far. I'm truly a happier person than I was. I know. I agree with you that people who will be able to understand what we're talking about here will come very far. Now, you wrote the discovery that peace, happiness, and love are ever-present within our own being and completely available at every moment of experience under all conditions is the most important discovery that anybody can make. I believe that was written by Rupert Spira. Yeah, that was in your book, and it is the truth. He teaches that being present means being happy. But I'm going to tell you something else. As a medium uh, who has done thousands of readings for people, and when I do this, I am in a state of meditation connected to an energy of past, present, and future, because there really is no past, present, and future. It's simultaneous energy, and our being is in different places at the same time uh, you and I are present yeah. right now here in this discussion uh, but some of my energy might still be up in spirit watching this and learning from this or in another time when I was a teenager and it's all connected energy is all connected we are connected to each other in life in a body and to those souls in spirit who are still evolving, living, growing, uh, uh, consciousness survives physical death. There is really no death as we see it 
It's just a change of our soul energy uh, from the body uh, to another dimension of life. So I have always said to my students, there is no past, present, or future. Life is happening in a continuous flow of experience. There's nothing good or bad, just experience for the soul to raise its vibration and to generate greater love and compassion. And that's the reason we're having this physical life. And some people have to leave earlier. Some people stay a long time. It's part of their soul destiny. And it really doesn't, I don't want to say it matters, to those who want their their loved ones here with them, it matters. Uh, but to those who have to go earlier, they know it's their time. And what's waiting for them in spiritual life is something hard to describe. But it's been described by many, many people who've had near-death experiences. My myself, I'm in that realm when I uh, do my meditation and readings. And it's just pure love and peace and kindness. And, and what we're looking to do on a regular basis, even in these difficult, challenging times, what you're talking about, and what I'm talking about is finding peace. And ultimately, peace is happiness. So why do you think so many old individuals chuckle so much? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, you know, question. I think in my bet, um, happiness is peace in motion, and peace is happiness at rest. Yes. So I agree with you, and I, I have to say, Cheryl, that I rarely hear others talk about time as really non-existent um, and so I, I very much agree with your commentary and uh, appreciate your having articulated that and I know you wrote you wrote this the good news is that we can rewire our brains and teach ourselves to think more rationally and more positively and there was a study done with junior college students. And the students that completed this program were able to increase their personal happiness. We can do anything. We have the personal power within our heart and soul to change what's going on right now in the world. But we all have to put our attention, our gratitude, uh, and judgment, levels of judgment, out we have to rid ourselves of some of the things that we think are reality into the real reality, which is uh, we are possible. It is possible through our thoughts to create ourselves in a better light and our world in a more uh, prosperous way for people to get along with each other, healthy, prosperous, loving. And that's what I think your book is about. I think that's what my new book is about. And it can be done. I mean, a lot of people say it can't be done. But we know, you and I know it can be done. And I want to thank you, Dr. Greg Hammer, author of Gain Without Pain, the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals and for everybody, for sharing a wonderful look at uh, the gain method for a way to reconnect to the real values of our lives, past any assumed pain or failures, to allow, accept, and surrender to challenges so we may move in the present 
to create new perceptions and hopes and improve life both personally and also collectively, to learn more about finding greater happiness, moving past suffering, and living holistically, read this book. Go to greghammermd.com or amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Hammer has provided many ways to incorporate a spiritual methodology to everyday life in order not only to help healthcare professionals, but all people to understand that life with its many challenges must still be appreciated for the gift that it is. And beyond suffering and loss, acceptance and finding grace and gratitude soothe the heart, mind, and soul. Greg, when asked what made him happy today after expressing that his own relationship with his own father made him a people pleaser and always feeling a little inadequate as he could never really be perfect. None of us can really ever be perfect. Shares what makes him feel happy and wrote, I gradually realized that the key to success in my personal and professional life was to be present. I was always searching for something, for the truth. I began to be aware that there is literally nothing for which to search. It is right here, and it is right now. And you said that at the beginning of the show. And you wrote that, and it is the truth. That seems to please. If you try to please others, it's not the right goal. The goal is to be happy with yourself, because then everyone will benefit from that. Uh, Greg and I would have you remember that each life has the experiences needed to empower the soul to raise the level of vibration to greater love and compassion. And we've said this before, and it's the absolute truth. Nothing is either good or bad, but when seen as necessary experience to bring about change and action, then all is good and just as it needs to be. We cannot control what happens to us, but we can control our actions and reactions and always try to find reasons to return to our natural state of being, which is our birthright to be happy. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of my newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not economic, political, or societal, but a disconnect from our true being or soul wisdom. Go to CherylGlick.com to read about and listen to leaders, visionaries, changemakers share the magic and secrets of our soul as well as our physical lives and to learn how to merge the two for greater efficacy and happiness. Shows may also be heard on DreamVisions7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you. <laughs>